Episode of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are so blessed, Greg and Stephanie Schleter, to be with you here on this Easter night live and in person. It is Easter season. We it get to celebrate 50 days. Absolutely. And as it says in Scripture, Luke 4.14, the purpose of Lent, the purpose of that fasting was not simply to be emptied, as it said in Philippians 2, to follow our Savior and be emptied of ourselves and the stuff and the junk. We're emptied so that we can be filled. He came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit, folks. Not just as an event that we celebrate once a year for a day, but he wants to he wants to infect us. He wants to conquer us. He wants to invade our lives so much that it doesn't even fill us, but it overflows. He wants to flood through us to our spouses, to our families, into the world. And as I'm saying this, I know some of you may be as fired up as I am in this moment because I have two awesome guests I'm going to introduce you um, to tonight. But uh, I just I, I want to encourage you tonight, if there's something that stands in the way from you experiencing that Easter joy, that Easter glory, just that right now we're going to enter into prayer and we're going to renounce it and that we can open our hearts to receiving what God wants us to receive tonight. Tonight's a special night. I want you to anticipate an outpouring of his grace a unique outpouring and a unique anointing tonight. And we've invited a a guest and his beautiful wife to be with us tonight and to share that. So join us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Lord Jesus, you fashioned us for yourself. You fashioned us us for your indwelling spirit. You made us, Lord God, to be uh, an instrument of your Niagara Falls of Grace to flood us so much that it overflows to those around us. And Lord, we do know the enemy, the enemy against God and who goes to war against him and his children, which is all of us who have the audacity to live, to live in the legacy of our nature and our Savior Jesus, that he knows our weaknesses and he whispers lies to us. He whispers fears and doubts, and he puts things in our minds of, of areas in our lives we failed that have already been confessed, and those sorts of things right now in the name of Jesus, we renounce them. We renounce the debris. We renounce the stuff. Lord God, in your name, you have conquered the grave. You have conquered the enemy. You've defeated his power in our life, and we call upon that name, the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every other name, and we ask for a flood of your grace tonight, God. Yes, Lord. We ask for a flood of your grace to anoint our minds, to anoint our hearts to anoint our feelings, our memories, to anoint our will, to anoint all we are, Lord, that we can be the people you call us to be, to believe that we are a conquering people. We give you permission tonight, God. We give you permission. 
And we ask all of this in your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 So we're so blessed to have you all out there listening with us tonight. We do believe something special is going to happen tonight. Why? Because we gather two or more in the name of Jesus Christ. And we call to tune our hearts to him. We are imperfect. Uh, we're imperfect, but we give God permission tonight, and we invite you to join us in that. So just a quick announcement. Um, we've got Ignites going on. You can check that out at massimpact.us. Um, these great encounters with Jesus. If you've never been to one or if you have been to one, come back to him. He, he's, there's a horizon of grace he wants to pour into our lives. We've never arrived. He always wants to pour more and more into our hearts. And in a special way, as we said, we come out of the desert with Jesus in the power of the Spirit. Fix your eyes on Pentecost. This year's Sunday, June 4th at Regina Chaley Parish. Join us. Look, Go, go to massimpact.us forward slash fire. Peter Herbeck is going to be bringing it. He's going to be talking about the seven keys to a missioned community in Christ. The Schleter family, we're going to be sharing with you our best insight to the seven keys to living as a missioned family. Andrew Reinhardt, uh, our beloved Andrew Reinhardt, awesome young man of God, is going to kind of anchor this in our tradition and our faith, what it means to be alive in the Holy Spirit. So June 4th, and I'm going to give you a little kind of a key because we had a 50% discount going on and we ended it Sunday, but some friends said, hey, Greg, we missed it. We know how that works. So, okay. They, they, they nudged me open. They kept knocking and they nudged me open. I said, so today, uh, April, it's April 25th, Tuesday until 12 p.m. tonight, um, midnight, uh, we are continuing the 50% discount. The code is FIRE, F-I-R-E. So if you go to massimpact.us forward slash fire it's your last day your last hours to uh receive this special discount but we do have the replay on saturday so i think those listeners should have a shot at it too so i think we should open it up back on saturday from two o'clock till midnight on saturday yes the merciful wife absolutely wonderful so charles and robin allen a delight to have you with us here welcome Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's awesome, awesome to be here and uh, just share God's word. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I like these movies that sometimes begin with the end clip and then they kind of go back to the beginning. So tell us, give us a snapshot right now of what you're doing, what's going on. Kind of give us a moment of what's going on right now. And then we're going to go back to the very beginning. All right. <laughs> well, um, Man, what's going on now is, you know, God is really moving in our church, uh, Tabernacle of Praise, right here in South Toledo. And above that, uh, God has given us some awesome visions. We're going to be doing our prayer walks again this year, where we walk the city in various neighborhoods, just praying for people and praying for deliverance in those areas. Um, And then we have another team that follows up and, uh, you know, give out sandwiches to the kids and different things of that nature a few days later. And, And so we always partner with our Toledo Police Department, and so we kind of follow their efforts. Uh, so if they're heavy in a community and had some issues in a community, we'll go to that community and pray and walk the streets and believe God for Because peace. grace abounds more. Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, so, definitely. So I'm going to pause you a second That's here, awesome. and I don't want to get, because this is an amazing vision, that the, it's the church breaking out, the word ecclesia, literally to be to break out, the word for church, and you guys are breaking out from the center and going out into the streets to bring deliverance, as you speak of, to teach people about Christ. How awesome is that? How long have you been doing that? Well, we started that last year, 
and then uh, another initiative, two other initiatives that we have going on this year or starting this year um, came from our prayer walk. So we just believe that when you pray, it's not just your list to God, but it's God talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we just really felt impressed about that God was speaking to us last year as we walked our streets and our is, is to do something about uh, the plight in our communities uh, and, and, and the and the tear down of family, you know, and so we want to restore what family really means uh, to back to our community and back to our neighborhoods. Uh, and then a part of that is so what we've what we've uh, been commissioned to do by the Lord this year is to purchase homes in South Toledo, renovate those homes, put families in those homes to help them move to home ownership. Wow. And then we're walking with those families, for you know, up to five years discipling them getting them ready for home ownership and then that home that they're in is permanent for them to buy and to purchase and and move them towards that area and so that's where we're doing that and then another initiative is actually uh what we call project ignite okay Uh, (laughs) which is working with 16 to 24 year olds igniting that dream that's inside of them to help them on uh to to move to a better future and so we're working with uh some troubled youth that will be if they're runaways or whatever the case is coming out of uh, detention or children's services. We're going to be working with those two groups and we're trying to finalize some uh, uh, contracts on that but the um, but we'll be housing them and mentoring them all at the same time helping them to a better future and so is several movements in that program which you know we just believe that the fire of the power of God igniting the hearts and dreams because I believe that regardless of where you start there's not a person on this planet that didn't start with a dream for their life. Mm. No one ever said, hey, you know, when I'm an adult, I want to be addicted to heroin. I want to be addicted to uh, pornography. Or I, No one ever right. wakes up and say that. Right. right? right. But, but, you know, the enemy... Absolutely. tricks us and tempts us and pulls us in various areas. So uh, we just want to reignite that dream that what we believe is a God-given dream for everybody, whether it's a business owner to become a fireman or a police officer, whatever that is, that's a God-given dream to be productive in our society. And then how do you take that initiative of what you do in life and then take the gospel and live out the gospel in your profession. And so that's what we want to do working with 16 to 24 year olds as well is just to ignite that. But uh, the family program, which is we're calling Project Welcome Home and uh, where we're taking families that are low income, probably wouldn't qualify for a mortgage and. Uh, or maybe it's not even on their radar, but their desire is mm-hmm. to be there to own a home, to have a place for their families, and work with that family to help them be at a better place in life. So not much going on in your world, Charles. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you, know you know what's cool, though, it's is awesome. even as he speaks, like you, you, like people could reduce what Charles just said to these are the official functions that we do as a church, but I'm experiencing a vitality, something organic, something that's alive, a heart that's beating within you guys, is you're, you have the heart of Christ responding to the needs of his people. That's what I'm experiencing as you speak. Mm-hmm. And as you were speaking, I had a vision also, that sense of, you know, uh, being in the boat, right? The comfortable boat, you know, and, and suddenly the vision across the water. Wait, what's going on? It's like, Jesus, okay, well, why don't you get out of the boat and walk, you know? Right. And you're taking those steps and these are amazing dreams. And I suspect that the dynamics of this, you, you're not saying, well, we need to have somebody write a $15 million check. We need everything in order and we need to, it needs to make all logical sense. 
that would not be faith. And any more than Peter looking at the water and saying, uh, you know, God, really, water? I, I don't have any experience of walking on the water. And right. as long as he kept his eyes so fixed on Christ. So would you turn it into solid ice, I'll get out. That'll be my sign. Happened. Right, yeah. No, you don't need a sign. You just need to hear a word from God. Mm. And you need to step out on that word from God. You know, um, Peter's first encounter with Jesus was he was fishing. The Bible says he was toiling all night, didn't catch anything. And then Jesus says, let down your net. He says, well, we've been doing this all night. We haven't caught anything, but nevertheless, at your word, we're going to do it. And then what they do is they get such a large catch, they had to call for their partners to come in and help them get the fish inside of the boat. But this is the thing is that, you know, when we really step out on faith to believe God, all you need is a word from the Lord. And man, that's all we've been going after. And this is the thing is that, you know, if we don't have the cash, we just need God's favor to show up and go before us. And that's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. So we're going to go back to the beginning, but for our listeners right now, at least I want you to maybe get this point that I feel the Spirit is saying to us. Many of you right now maybe are have had a dream, have had a vision in some form, however it's come. It may have been an actual dream. It may have been through friends, a prompting that has made you more aware of something God wants you to do. And maybe the enemy has gotten in there and caused you to discount that because you're saying, who am I? I can't do this. I don't have the resources. I don't have the means. And what you're hearing from my brother Charles here is say, what you think you can do is irrelevant. What matters is the God who's asking you to do it, who is all-powerful. So whatever that is, whatever place you're right now in considering a move, a change, uh, responding to the heart of Christ for a need in your life, through the duration of this hour, we're going to lift that up. We're going to ask that you lift that up in prayer and say, Lord, convict me all the more of this dream and desire you've put in my heart for you. So now we're going to go back to the beginning because I know you came out of the womb uh, a fiery preacher for Jesus Christ <laughs> and you never had any struggles or difficulties. Oh, man. But uh, now before, mm. the theme tonight, by the way, folks, is going to be the transformed life in Jesus Christ. And we might even say it's an ongoing transformation that's going on. We're going to say transformed life in Jesus. So we're going to get there. And instead of having Charles just kind of share with us and teach and preach it, you know, we know in this program and as Catholics, Christians, you know, we got to be that example ourselves. We have to be willing to share with people the life, death, and resurrection as we speak of these movements of being emptied that were filled and overflow, the movements of Christ in our own life to make it real and engaging and relevant. So, Charles, I'm going to kind of ask you to maybe just share with us, give us a snapshot of the little Charles Allen background. What journey, <laughs> what, what brought you to this place right here? Wow, man. It, you know, I want to say to, to the listeners, um, our, our preaching series uh, that's actually starting this Sunday is actually called Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to be dealing with the faith that's needed to do what God says Mm -hmm. do. And so uh, you can look at our website uh, or download our app and get all those messages and and stuff like that. So we make sure that we have those available for everyone. But to go back to the beginning. Wow, man. Um, Let's see. I was, uh, you know, born into this world like everyone else, of course. But the um, I was raised by my great grandparents for the most oh, part. Beautiful, yeah. Um, and it wasn't that my mother and father wasn't around. It's just that um, when my mother was pregnant, she was seventeen. My father was nineteen. He was a musician. My mother, uh, I believe, was a dancer with his band and and stuff like that. And and so they, uh, you know, needless to say, their lifestyle at that beginning was there. They stayed with my great-grandparents, and, and so they moved on. I stayed there, mm-hmm. and and that was my upbringing for the most wow. part. Uh, so I was raised up in a system, uh, what I would call a, a religious home, 
uh, in a religious system. You know, I was raised Baptist. And um, then when my parents got saved, they went to a Pentecostal church. And here it is. So I had two experiences on Sunday mornings. Uh, one Sunday morning, one more so- Sunday afternoon. And the first experience was a was an all um, African-American Baptist church, right? Very traditional, fiery preacher. Uh, and, I mean, he was what we call a preacher's preacher, right? You know, he, awesome. <laughs> you know, he would uh, do very uh, entertaining things. Then in the afternoon uh, and in some Sunday mornings, uh, my parents, they went to a church that was all Caucasian Pentecostal church. So I had these two experiences growing up. Uh, but needless to say, um, my heart was for God. But the thing of it is, is that when you grew up in a religious system, you kind of just ride the waves mm-hmm. of your grandparents or your uh, uh, of my parents. And I rode that wave up until I was about 12 or 13 years old. And then uh, my parents got divorced. And so I stayed with my great grandparents and that was a solid marriage that I saw ain't seen. But yet for me, it was just kind of it was a it was an excuse to kind of start doing some other things and getting off into life and and all of that. And so um, that led me down a road uh, for a few years as a teenager and into my early adulthood. And then I get this sense of. There's something greater, and that God had called me for something greater. And so at that time, I was about 19, 20, coming back to the church, and I'm just hanging around, getting close to my pastor, and and just trying to see what this move inside of me was and what was going on inside of me. And then um, just growing in my faith from that point on. Um, But from there, man, it's uh, just, you know, you would think, well, once you give your life to Christ— it's like it's smooth sailing, right? Like he's supposed to huh. fix everything. <laughs> I think eleven of the you apostles know. died Hold on the cross. On. Right. Martyr, but he's yeah. supposed to, you know, he's supposed to just make everything better, and you know, it's like unicorns and skittles, right? You know, it's just like, <laughs> hey, you know, this is this is Disney World or something, like you know. But it's not that, you know. Your faith gets tested, your mm-hmm. your your commitment gets tried, and and I wish I could say that I had enough of the word in me to hold me and to keep me through those times. But there's times of failure. There was times where, you know, I gave up uh, on what God told me and the the call of God on my life. Uh, Growing up, when you when you have this split family, you know, it puts you in a place where you feel abandoned, even though you have people around you that say they love you. But but yet you, you, you get confused, you know. And so for a long time, even in church and even in ministry, I lived a life of confusion where I didn't know who I was. And it probably wasn't until I was somewhere around the age of 30, 33 at this time. And this time I'm in ministry and I'm doing, you know, I'm preaching and stuff like that. But I had this um, interesting dream that, um, you know, I was preaching and I was like taking seeds and throwing them on the ground. And this uh, figure was coming around, picking them back up. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sow seed. <laughs> and, 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 and it said to me, it says, the ground is rejecting it. Mm. The ground is rejecting it. And so then, you know, so I wake up, I'm confused about this dream. And so I go into prayer and I'm asking God, you know, what's what's going on? And he says, this is representation of you rejecting my truth. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and so 
you you know you can you can worship God. You can go through all of the aspects of what you're going to do, and and yet he says, as long as you keep rejecting my truth, then whoever you speak to will reject my mm, truth. Mm. And so that's when I realized that my private life and my public life must match. Beautiful. And so then I went into this time of consecration and mm-hmm. and and I wish then I can say that was perfect from that point on but God wrecks you a whole dynamic of what it is that you think ministry is what it is you feel like God is calling you to do and so um, then I had this other dream where uh, I was taken into this large dome and we were sitting on this rafter and at that time, I won't give the name, but it was my favorite uh, personality preacher, so to speak. Tony Evans, come on. <laughs> no, it wasn't Tony Evans. But um, And so they were on the stage uh, speaking. And at this time, uh, uh, a Muslim, Louis Farrakhan, comes out and joins them. And they declared there was no difference between Christianity and the Muslim religion, right? And so and I'm like, oh, what is this? And he says, this, this, is, this is the season of compromise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for the last 15 years, I've been in this mode of really speaking truth, really looking at what the church should be and what the church should be doing, what God has really called us to do, and challenging not only myself, but anyone else that's in our ministry or that know me or that get around me is to live your faith authentically Mm. And and pure before God, because it's not about my church relationship. It's about my relationship with Jesus Christ Amen. as a man or as a woman, as a boy or a girl. It's about your relationship with Jesus. And if that's not real, if that's not secure, if that's not really the factor, like I can't, you just can't put on a church face right, right. and show up at church and like, hey, I'm going to go through worship and do all of those things. But no, my relationship with Jesus Christ must be real and authentic. And so that's really been my journey is that, Beautiful. you know, through, and there's a lot of stuff that went on in the background of all of that but it's um it's been the most rewarding for me internally although it's been a place of it's not the norm in a lot of circles you go into and so uh what is faith faith is not this object where i can get more stuff faith is me being faithful Mm -hmm. and that faith isn't faith until it's tested like i can say all day long Hey, I got faith to move mountains. Well, until you, you a have a mountain in front of you, in front of you right. right? that's when you know you really have faith. Because that mountain is only removed when we are faithful to Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's not us that's moving it. It's him that's moving Amen. it. And it's us that is when we surrender to him and say, God, this is your battle. This is not mine. Even in our flesh, when our when we have sin going on in our life, it's it's us surrendering to God that then gets us into a place of deliverance. Not our efforts, not our works, not you know we can go through all of this stuff and do all the right things and still be tormented. But at the same time, it's not until we surrender to God that He then cleans us up. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says that if we confess our faults to Him, mm. He is just mm. to forgive us. And cleanses of all unrighteousness. Amen. 
Amen. So I, I want to pinpoint some things here that were obviously moved by your journey. I thank you for sharing that. And again, for our listeners, just the value of sharing your story and how the Holy Spirit has anointed you through your struggles. And that's hopefully more and more we're learning to do that. But at some point in your life, a Robin flew in. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, his wife's name, Robin. Uh, yes. Flew in and uh, who knows, maybe captured some of those seeds. I don't know. So just what's what's a quick story about this beautiful relationship here? Because it's, it's a glow thing going on, folks. You can't see it because it's an audio medium, but uh, <laughs> certainly Charles, awesome guy, but his wife. Come on. All right. You know, so can you share us a little bit uh, about she enters the scene? Yeah. She's looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you start. Well, yeah. She, don't worry, she'll correct you if she right, needs to, right, yes, Robin? <laughs> so twist it right out of the right out yeah. of the gates and well, you know, actually, you know, um, the relationship that we have, um, unfortunately, was birthed out of two failed marriages, mm-hmm. and um, which, uh, you know, we can point the finger and blame sure. the other person, but you know, we. We, we, you realize that marriages doesn't don't end just on one person's mm-hmm. perspective. It ends because two people literally stop believing God mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. and um, from that, you know, that took us on a a deeper place with God. Um, and so when we met, um, we met out of you know pure friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we actually met online, and we just communicated via telephone because she lived in Michigan. I lived in Ohio. Go Bucks. And, <laughs> you know. um, go Wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she speaks. The, um, but, you know, somewhere throughout this, this friendship that we were developing, um, we started praying together every day. And at this time, we had not even seen each other, you know. And so um, I went on sabbatical, came off of that sabbatical, went to – I had to preach in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I figured this would be a great time right. to, uh, get to get to meet this person I've been praying with, been talking to. And so I, I said, hey, you want to grab dinner if I go up the night before? And the first thing she said to me is that I'm not looking to date anyone. <laughs> and so we went back and forth when it's not going to be a date. And I believe she called it a fellowship or something. So <laughs> I was like, whatever that's, it is. You call it what you want. I want to yeah, see you. Yeah, that was it. And so uh, so from that point on, um, I believe that next week I had just made a commitment that um, I was going to pursue her to see if she was going to be my wife. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so didn't know what the Lord was going to say about that, but that was going to be my commitment and my pursuit. And, and I told her that day there was, I'm not going to involve anybody else in my life. This is like center vision. You know, I want to see mm, what's going to mm. come out of this. And so, um, one year later we got married and, <laughs> Beautiful. And the rest is history. And this May 23rd, we celebrate seven years. So. Congratulations. Yeah. So, Rob, in, in a word, was that first encounter. So I know that you were building a little bit of this relationship prior to actually meeting. Mm-hmm. But did you have a similar, shall we say, anointing or sense upon that first meeting? Well, you know what? It, for me, I think, honestly, um, it was... We had been talking and praying together and just, you know, connecting in that way, uh, establishing relationship. But I tell you, the first time he had sent me a recording of his uh, speaking engagement, I think out in Grand Rapids. And um, when I heard him speak and I heard him preach, I said, wow, 
this is a true man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. This is somebody that I really could fall in love with and spend the rest of my life with. And so that was kind of the clincher for me. And then, you know, when we first, when I first saw him, it's like, oh, okay, he's cute. <laughs> Bonus. Validation there. Bonus. Bonus. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So I, I, awesome. I feel like we could talk forever. There's so much here, but I want to just. Can I, can I throw in a question You are quick, my wife, Even yes, though it's a little dear. tangent. But so you mentioned praying together. Mm-hmm. It seems in our ministry that comes up more and more with different couples or families who just really struggle with even beginning that and i'm talking about faithful people you know who really want to but they just don't know how to or mm-hmm. haven't been conditioned to or can do it in the group fill with in the, the guys blank with the whatever yeah. reason so can you guys one or both of you speak to that like well, what advice would you give or what um well i think the when it comes down to prayer i, b- I believe first of all prayer is one of the most intimate Amen. acts you can do mm-hmm. with anybody you know and if it's between us a, a husband and wife that intimacy deepens more than anything else and so um but that also because it's such an intimate thing it's also an intimidation factor mm-hmm. and so it's like mm-hmm. you know well what if they pray differently than i pray and but you know we have two different prayer styles you know she's an intercessor at heart mm-hmm. and so she can go for a long time in prayer <laughs> you know me I, I let me just pray what i need to pray listen for a little bit and then i'm, I'm ready to go on about the day <laughs> and you, might you know some. yeah so um and for me prayer for me is sitting quiet once in the presence of god mm-hmm. to hear him you know where her style of prayer is more interceding and then people come to mind and things come to mind and she just keeps going and going and going and going oh. And so for me, it's just sit, I just like to sit and hear God, you know. And so because we have two different prayer styles, that sometimes can be, you know, the struggle, I think, in, with a lot of couples. But what you have to do is appreciate the other person's mm-hmm. gifts, mm-hmm. you know, because where she intercedes and I hear and then there's times where she hears things from the Lord that, you know, I'm so busy doing sometimes that, you know, I have to listen to her voice and because God is going to speak through her voice. But I believe that mm-hmm. there's nothing more greater than hearing your spouse's heart connecting to the Father's heart mm-hmm. on your behalf. Amen. And that's, that's the, that is, you, you can't get any better than that. That's beautiful. Amen. Um, so when you were speaking, and, and we're going to... Um, Come back, if you will, and and discuss this core thing of relationship with Christ and hopefully open that up wide with the time we have. And Anyway, so there was a key thing, many key things you said, Charles, but one was, I'll use the word integrity piece, where the internal coincided with the, the external, the public and the private, that you recognized that we can have and manufacture, if you will, or even live in our mind this life with other people that is seen, and mm-hmm. certainly even in church circles, but that anointing, that awakening to say, Lord, you want to transform me inwardly. You want you know me to be a man of integrity. Right. And I like the word whole, actually. I know there's different yeah. takeoffs of that, but but whole, of course, H-O-L-Y, but we may also see W-H-O-L-E, whole, not partial, not splintered, mm-hmm. but but to be a whole person. And I think that merits all of us who are listening. And you were, you gave us a setting that you were a, a pa- you know, pastor, you were preaching, you were in the Christian circles, but that was a breakthrough kind of uh, you know awakening in your life that Matthew 5, 14, you were awakening to something all the more deeply mm-hmm. in your life and it may be worth us myself all of us listening and asking lord am am i you know really 
put it simply, am I living what I profess? Yeah. Am I am I living what I profess? Another piece that you said there, just for a Catholic, is kind of like um, speak to those out there, folks. You know, uh, you know, Pope Benedict, a brilliant biblical scholar, in that mm-hmm. three part Jesus of Nazareth trilogy. If I were to summarize, kind of the heart piece that hit me is the heart of ritual and religion is relationship. That's yeah. simple. Religion, great. System, mm-hmm. you're going to have it. You know, right. you're going to have ritual. Everybody's going to eventually. You're going to have ritual. You're going to have religion. But the heart of that is the key, and that is relationship, relationship. With, with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I want to set the stage for you and really kind of maybe play hardball here a second, Charles, because I think many of us have acquired familiarity with the language and the actions of of, of relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We Whether it be in church or the motions, and if you were to ask somebody, do you have a relationship with Jesus, perhaps what they picture is, in a Catholic circle, I go to Mass, or I pray the Rosary, or of course I do. I'm ethical, I'm a good person. And the reality is a lot of those folks, um, if they're really honest and we, we know them, you know, they're, they're missing, if you will, that, that life in the spirit, that sense of an anointing because they've acquired maybe that external compliance, that obligation thing, and maybe don't quite know what's in store for them. Right. They don't know that, yeah. that maybe this reality that God wants us to have. So yeah. set well, the stage uh, and teach us a little bit about what does it mean to have this, we're in Easter season, they encountered Jesus, they, 11 of the 12 lost their lives for Christ, we're you know, they, they believed that much to give their lives in horrible circumstances. Um, they believe that deeply. What is that kind of faith like? What does it look like for us today? Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's important for us to see the difference between Saul and David. Um, David, a man after God's own heart. Saul was in the limelight. He had position. Um, for years, he lived morally a good life, and yet he still take he took matters into his own hands, and so which which says that his heart was really about his winning in life, and not mm. God's glory in life. Mm. And David, even in moments of weakness, he still had a heart for God, mm. and I think that's the difference between. Uh, you know, and so some people say, well, you know, sometimes I struggle and that struggle for, you know, is good because are you struggling in moments of weakness or are you just wicked at heart? Because that's two different things, mm. you know, mm. and so and that wicked at heart is when we allow our hearts to completely disconnect from God. Mm. When we say, hey, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it and then go from there, you know, but I think that the important thing is, is how do I keep having a fresh encounter with Jesus Christ and that encounter can't be a one-time thing and sometimes I know in some of the circles that I came up in uh, they called it opening the doors of the church I never knew what that meant but they just put two chairs up front somebody came down sit down shook the preacher's hand said hey I want to become a member and they confused that with salvation Mm -hmm. and that I become a member on roll but I didn't never really kept having or seeking this encounter with Jesus Christ. And what is that encounter? You can only encounter him through experience. To know God is to experience him. Mm-hmm. And so the Greeks, uh, when they talked about if you knew something, it's because you experienced it. So if you say God is a healer, it's because you've experienced the healing mercies of God. If you knew God as a deliverer, you experienced deliverance in your own life. If you, you know, you knew God as the as the Holy Spirit, then you have encountered him. You've experienced 
experience that in your own life. And I think sometimes we confuse our head knowledge with our experiential knowledge. And so, and how do I keep experiencing this fresh encounter with Jesus Christ? How do I keep pursuing to be filled with his spirit and not just this one time hit it and quit it once and done kind of kind of religion mm. factors that we've kind of placed in there where oh I've, I've accepted Christ so I'm good well you know Paul said we die daily mm. so that means you know I have to be crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ that lives in me and how do I get Christ to live in me is that I have a encounter with him on a daily basis mm. and so I know for me if I go two days, three days, and I didn't have it, you know, I just kind of, you know, did my thing, you know, I can start to feel this disconnect, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, uh, in a marriage relationship, this is why God relates, you know, uh, the church to marriage, right? Because mm-hmm. here's the deal is that, you know, if I just go and say, oh, hey, Robin, how you doing? You know, just bypass her when she comes in or when I'm going out, we just continue to be two ships passing. After a while, there's going to be a disconnect there. And somebody is going to be, hey, have you thought about our relationship lately? Mm. Have you invested into this relationship? Because to have intimacy with God is to take time to know him and allow him to know you. And I think that's the um, ideal aspect is that a lot of us know about God, Mm -hmm. but does God know us? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus said in the last days, they'll come to me and say, didn't we do all these mighty works in your name? We cast out demons in your name and we did all this. He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Like, wait wait a minute. How do you use the name of Jesus and then he not know you? Mm -hmm. And, and, And how is it that I can do all these things in his name and that's a difference between my performance and my relationship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because his name is powerful his name is glorious he is going to get to because it's not our faith that may even somebody gets healed it's 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 God doing the healing. It's Christ doing the healing. So it's not me and sometimes we get mixed up in saying, you know, I'm a healer. Well, God moved through you, but don't get it confused as to where the power comes from. And I think that's where we make the mistake a lot of times that we begin to take on, you know, that power and that authority and then our hearts drift away from God. So I see you in you, Charles, and you, Robin, um, that that an encounter with Christ, that Jesus is your compass. Yeah. Uh, not just the furniture of your house, not just the clothes that you wear. You've encountered him in a way that has caused him to be Lord, that Latin root to have dominion, to dominate, to, to be the one who guides your life. And you've placed your trust in him. We began this program and you shared some powerful things, some dreams that your, your uh, church is all about. You're trusting in faith. I think there's some folks out there, though, um, who maybe haven't come to perhaps a point of understanding that, number one, is that relationship possible? In fact, there was a study, Kara's study, Pew study, that said of those in the Catholic Church who go to Mass, 40% question if a relationship with God is possible. Mm. Now, we can all say, how is that possible? But 
and try to get it. I mean, let's get into the shoes maybe of some folks who might actually be thinking that. Is it possible that they maybe have encountered Christ? And as you said, there is an encounter and experience. And clearly God looking down upon us in the days of old, he spoke through prophets, etc. But in John, took on flesh and blood. Why? Because he wanted to be tangible. So mm-hmm. clearly that's validating, you know, what you're saying. Our God takes on flesh and blood and his church is with us. To the end of the age, he says he'll be with us. He wants us to encounter him. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking about an emotion, although it involves emotions. Emotions mm-hmm. are part of the human experience. Right. Speak to that person maybe who I think everybody perhaps has encountered, had to have encountered Jesus. It says he sustains our next breath. Yeah. Um, maybe open the door to help us have a vision or insight to maybe see, okay, that that is truly God sustaining life and grace. And, and he does have a plan for my life. And, and I, I can have this daily ongoing breathing him in and breathing him out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How did that hit you? Well, you know, in the Old Testament, the scripture says, my ways are not your ways. You know, my, high, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, they're higher than than ours. So they are, you know, so to understand God, we must have to have this thing, which, you know, I've been calling in my own life, practicing the presence of God, where mm-hmm. I just simply slow down. And, you know, and, 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 and whether that's a Sabbath for me on a Monday or whether it's a Saturday, you don't get caught. I mean, some people was like, oh, the Sabbath is a Saturday. I get that. But the mo- anytime I can stop and slow down and Pete Cesario in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, yep. brings this out very uh, dearly and particularly in his latest book. Uh, the emotional healthy leader, hmm. you know, where this Sabbath is so important for us to take time and be with God and not do for God. And I think that we get so caught up in our cultural norm of achievement hmm. and getting and doing and because we've somehow or another we've equated that God's presence is all the stuff that I get to do and all the stuff that I have versus me what's going on inside of my heart that's the proof of God's presence in my life not just my outward now the cool thing about it is is that what happens inside of me will flow out of me mm-hmm. you know and so then others get to see and visualize and experience God through me but here's the thing is that if we don't slow down to be with him, then we have to slow down and be with people. Because how can someone who don't know God or, or, or struggling in their faith experience God if I'm too busy to ever sit with them? If I'm too busy to ever talk with them or have a conversation with them? And discipleship is more than just this 12-week class we've made it out to be. But discipleship is walking with people and staying with them and not allowing uh, their weakness or, or their sin to scare us off. But how do I walk with you and be like Jesus? Because Jesus sat with the sinners. He sat with the tax collectors. He sat with all the people that was not religious. He had he ate with them. He did life with them so that they could see him and glorify God. Beautiful. And so how can I do life with people so that they can glorify God? So if all of my circle mm-hmm. is just people that are that think like me, act like me, walk like me, believe like me, then how am I impacting anyone else? Mm. And so I have to spend that time with God to spend time with people, all while I'm doing the things I got to do in my life. Beautiful. There's two words that are jumping out at me as you're speaking. One is the power of presence. 
And there's actually, you said, Practice the Presence of God. There's a great book called uh, by a guy named Jean-Pierre de Cassade, which is called Abandonment to Divine Providence. Yeah. It's a very beautiful, about this very theme that Sabbath needs to be woven into us. But the second thing is intimacy. Can we have intimacy with God or others if we're compromising our attention? If we're thinking mm-hmm. about what we want to say or what's on our cell phone or other people, and I think if the enemy wanted to attack and sever that intimacy with God and with others, what would he do? He'd create, he'd allow distraction. Yeah. And I think about even the word for Beelzebub. We see it in the book Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah. The name Lord of the Flies, Beelzebub. Now, flies got no real power. Right. But when you're, it just means distraction. When you're in a one-on-one with somebody and you're connecting to them, Steph, I want to just put you on the spot because you have a beautiful voice. And, you know, anyways, what have we been doing lately with our kids before prayer uh, so that it isn't simply a dive into it sort of thing. If you don't know where I'm going, I'll dive in, but I want your perspective. So we can share on the air. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, just as we enter Abuse. into prayer, what are some no. of the things we're doing in setting the stage? Well, just making sure, because we all fall into it in our family. We have six children and the busyness of life. And, you know, um, we homeschool, so our lunchtime is chaotic, too. And someone's grabbing something while we're entering into prayer and someone else is trying to grab whatever's in the microwave that they're heating up and someone else has a school book there and kind of like all on the side but a distraction which in our minds is small so we've been really trying to focus on focusing Mm -hmm. and just being still before the lord without you know distraction compromise doing you know even if it's reaching for a napkin or just those little things end up being a big distraction from well, God in- bless you to homeschool in the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't share that. They'll yeah. think I'm crazy. Yeah. Something else that came to mind, Charles, as you I mean, many things. Gosh, so good. I want to say preach it. You should be a preacher, but you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a, a beautiful quote by a very holy woman who founded a religious order, Mother Julia, and she would tell her sisters in her community who were, you know. Mm. Bi- were late for prayer or doing this or doing that or had to finish this first and the line was something like it won't be as beautiful as she worded it but never mistake that your work is more important than God's work in you in prayer and I try to remember that you know just so often we do get caught up in you know what we're doing 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 Mm -hmm. and you know what really what is that usually it's pointing to us you know versus coming before the Lord and hearing him and being with him and allowing him to love us allowing you know just that connecting peace and you know um, we often quote you know our beautiful uh, Saint Pope John Paul II or Pope Benedict, you had mentioned him, and even Pope Francis now in his very first encyclical spoke about you know the whole encounter with Christ that we need to rediscover that and it needs to be a daily thing over yeah. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it's not just boom, you right. know, did it done whatever. And I don't know, like it's just that's just resounding with me that we need to remind our listeners and ourselves just that is that is where it's at, yeah. you know. Pope Benedict said there's nothing more important, nothing that you can do, nothing is more important than your personal relationship yeah. with Christ. Amen. And, and, and it's important to know that it's progressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we go to the scriptures in uh, 1 
1 Corinthians, I, I got it up here, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, uh, verse 11, Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Then he goes into this very interesting thing. He says, for now I see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now, now I know in part, but then I would know fully. And as I am fully, as I am fully known. And so, you know, it's, it, it speaks of this progression then that we must understand that, you know, I, I move from this childlike understanding of God mm-hmm. and then I must move into this maturity and I must put away certain childish things. And, you know, and so so it's like not just, hey, I get saved. And I'm going to get this right off the bat, you know, because sometimes I think we do people a disservice in the church because mm-hmm. they feel bad because they're not where, you know, mm-hmm. you may be, mm-hmm. you know. And then but how to talk people to say, you know, what, you can't stay where you are. But there is a progression here, because um, if we go over to uh, was it? Second Corinthians three eighteen uh, is the same thing. We look in the Word, right, and it, and it's, it's like looking in a mirror, but we we're looking at Christ as we're looking in the Word, and as we get the Word, we move from faith to faith, glory to glory, and so there's a progression of how my faith is defined, how my faith is matured, and then how the glory is revealed through me as I move through this relationship with Him. Is that you know everything may not fall off of me today. But if I just keep in his word, if I stay in his word, the more faithful I become to that word. And then uh, the more it allows him to work in the, in my heart mm-hmm. because it opens up my heart. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Right. So then the more I hear and the more I take in, then I am there. So then we go to Romans, as you mentioned that in the beginning, Romans 12, you know, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, which is your reasonable service. Right. And then he goes and say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do I get my mind renewed if I don't get into the word of God, allow the word to then transform the way I think, you know, and there's and and this thing of teaching. There's um, this one particular skill that they're, they're teaching teachers how to teach but in this book and there this series of books is this thing called think about your thinking right Hmm. and so but we see this is not like a a new thing it's not a secular thing this is a god thing right because in uh second corinthians 10 uh he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god for the pulling down of strongholds we realize that strongholds is nothing but the enemy erecting houses of negative thoughts in our minds Hmm. Uh, putting doubt there, putting uh, sin there, putting all kinds of things in our mind, right? But he says, now take that thought captive. So I can't do that if I'm not thinking about what's going on in my mind already. And so it's the it's the word of God that allows me to then see what is exalting itself above the knowledge of God. This is what I know about God. I know God is holy. I know God wants this in my life. I know God wants better for me in my life. I know I need to be doing something different in my life. But then here is this negativity. Well, he says, you got to take that captive. 
And I can't take that captive in my own strength or my own power. That's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So I can't go and do a self-help book and think mm-hmm. it's going to be okay, right. right? Or I'm just going to go exercise and get my mind clear. No, you have to endue, you have to introduce the word of God into your mind every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes the believer, like we get so busy, well, how do I uh, pray and how do I get the word of God in me every day? Well, you have to take the time to do that. Just like I take the time to shower and prep myself to get ready for the day, that's a part of my spiritual preparation is that I have to cleanse my spirit and I have to cleanse my soul every day. And I do that through prayer and his word. Charles, um, Robin, you are beautiful. I'm blessed to be, we're blessed to be kindred with you in mission in this community. We're blessed to share the heart of a a loving father who wants to see this place come alive, wants to see every single person who's hearing and all those that we know and all those that they know have an abundant life in him, have a life alive in him. We want to discover beyond cliche that that God is real and that he's with us. Hmm. And uh, as you said, not that life is going to be a ride in an amusement park, but uh, his heart's going to be beating within us and he's going to abide with us. And so we've been sharing, you've been sharing beautifully and inviting us to more fully encounter him and to understand that encounter with him in the word. We're going to conclude with a short time we have, maybe five minutes. Just open it up. We're going to open it up in prayer. Yeah. And I just give you permission. You know, here, we're just going to open it up in prayer. And I just want you to speak to those yearning for a breakthrough. Yeah. Yearning to know God's grace and His Spirit. And Robin, if you're moved to share your beautiful gift of intercession, you just bring it. We're just going to go with it. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. You know, as we pray... There is two things that we must do. One is submit to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Surrender, humble ourselves to the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. And then resist against whatever the enemy is putting in our mind, whatever the enemy is doing, the coming against our faith, our belief, uh, making us doubt, making us feel like we, we, we can't do, we have to go rush to this next thing, or I have to catch my show, I have to get on Facebook. Just, just for a minute, resist all of that and surrender to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for this opportunity to just seek your face, God. We thank you that you've spoken to us tonight, Lord, uh, just showing us, God, the importance of a connection and an intimacy with you, God, that you are able to see us through each and every situation in our life, Lord God, and to help us through that your grace is able to carry us through. God, help us to know how to be more intentional about our relationship with you and our connection with you because it's through our relationship with you, God, that we find strength and help in the time of need. It's through our relationship with you, God, that we are able to shine as lights, Mm -hmm. to be salt on this earth, to share the goodness and the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone that we encounter. And so, Father, we thank you that you have spoken to us, that you are teaching us, God. Help us and strengthen us us through each and every day in a 
connection with you, Lord. Show us how to connect with you deeper and to walk that out by your grace and by your power, by the connection we have with you, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for this ministry. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to share your goodness and your grace and the salvation of your love and your blood and your power. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word, Lord God. And Lord, we just surrender to your Holy Spirit to say, let your word transform our hearts and our minds. Yes. Let your word be a refreshment to our soul, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Let us find that new refreshing, Lord God, in your word. Let us find that place where you, Lord God, renew our faith and and, and put us on a track, Lord God, where we can just see your face and seek after you, Lord God, where you are the most important thing in our life, Lord God. Father, we surrender all to you and we say, Lord, we love you more than anything else in our world right now, Lord God. We love you more than we love ourselves. We love you more than we love our families and the things that's involving our lives. We love you more than we love our ministries, Lord God. And Lord, we just say, Lord God, come. Yes, come on. Fill us afresh, Lord God. Yes, yes Lord. Let your Holy Spirit reign in our lives. Yes, yes God. Dwell with us and fill us with your presence. In the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, we agree. We agree, and we're so blessed through this ministry to be united in heart and mind, to be united in you, two or more, many more than two gathered in your name. And Lord, right now we know there are marriages that are struggling. There are husbands and wives who maybe are ready to throw in the towel, who are struggling. And we claim them in your holy name. We claim them, God. We claim them for you. We claim, Lord, their profession to be icons of you, God, to be make known to this world mutual self-giving love like the Trinity poured out. May they discover, Lord God, their, their nature in you, their call to be instruments of you, Lord. We claim marriages and families for you. Lord Jesus, you are all-powerful. You are a loving, conquering God, and we claim this area for you. For the glory of your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being with us tonight. Be filled with the Spirit this night. Have confidence in his power.